Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. He covers fantasy basketball and sports betting for Hoopball Tweets. We welcome Vince Miracle onto Hoopsology. How's it going, Vince? What's going on, Justin? How are you? Good, man. Good. So um, we wanted to have you on the show to just get your insight on just Betting on basketball, um, just some background. Uh, my buddy and I, we've delved into fantasy basketball, but never sports betting. And then I just ironically, just I'm in a group chat with some college buddies of mine, and they're just kind of talking about getting into um, betting on the NBA, but didn't know really to start. They're kind of beginners. Um, never really full on got into it. So I just wanted to ask you, like, what is the, just the best way for just like a beginner just to start betting on the NBA is it? Is betting on games a particular player? What's the what's the best way of going about that? I think games is always the best. You, you know, looking at the odds is definitely going to be the best way to just you know dip your toe in there. And you know, and we and we talk about it on the show all the time today today in sports betting for for hoopdashball.com. We talk about it all the time. Like everyone's bankroll is different. That's why we always go off of units. So, like let's say one, it's a one through three system that we use over there at Hoopball. One means, you know, we're in it, we like it, but, you know, I wouldn't put your whole bankroll in it. Two means, hey, we're on this one. Just know that this one's it. And three is we were in there like swimwear. Like we got to – we're going in ham on that one, you know. So that's the three-unit system. I always recommend people bet bet offline first. So meaning by that is just, just pretend in your mind that you've made the bet and start tallying yourself up that way. Go small. You know, bet a friend a Gatorade. You know, cause, cause, and, and that's a big thing, too. Like, although it's betting, it's very addictive. And that's why there's things that, you know, my gambler and things like that. I never do anything that that makes me ever feel uncomfortable. And I'm always putting people into plays that, you know, that obviously that I would want to be in. And that's what we try to do over there at, at Hoopball is just make sure people are comfortable and understanding why we're going in that way. And if you're in it, man, let, let's make this money together. Let's build our bag together and. I feel like we've done a good job at it, but like you like like you asked, you know, for a beginner, what would I start off with? I'd start off with games, and and the big thing for me is just start off offline because it's easy to say you bet money, and and to see that money go away, it can get you out of it real quick. Build a nice, build a nice way of growing growing it slowly offline to see if you know you're really made to to be out there and find find guys like myself or anybody out there that that you feel is good at making picks and, and maybe start following them a little bit. How has the pandemic just affected sports betting overall? Um, last March, there is, there's no game, so obviously there's just really no action. But as things start to progress, has it had any kind of an effect on the way people bet on sports in general? Or is it just kind of same old same old once the athletes are participating in their own sports? Well, that's the thing, though. Like, it's not really normal yet, right? I mean, we, we're getting – we see players – get called off for COVID sure. right before a tip-off starts. And then that changes the line drastically. And the unfortunate thing with sports betting is once you're in it, you're, you can't really back out. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're already in the play, you know? So that's that that's made it a little complicated. And then understanding that some of these teams are still resting guys 
not even because of this pandemic. So that oh, it, it's just another wrinkle you have to add in there. And I and if you see any of my write ups, and and I, we've released a few of them for free, I always you know put an asterisk by some of my like one and one and a half unit plays like. This player must be out. This player might be out, so I would take it off your books. So I kind of wait for a tip-off on those. Or you'll even say a big thing that I like to say is depth. I look at a team's depth more than anything at all because, again, we saw in a game recently at halftime someone was uh, hit with COVID and three players were out for the entire second half. So that makes me nervous in every game. So I always look at a depth and saying, hey, this could be play a factor as well. You can't make it the bigger thing, but it just has to be in the back of your mind. So you got to – I always go off a point system. Like I said, one points for this, one points for that, whether it's a defense, offense player, and, and that's how I kind of make my results at the end of it all, you know. There's been a recent rise in fantasy basketball. Uh, my friends have tried – persistently to get me to participate in fantasy and i just can't get into it um yeah. compared to like fantasy football where it's just really easy i guess on, on behalf of them what am i missing in terms of like getting into fantasy basketball because my attention span i just feel like i'm not the right person for it and i love the nba but in terms of just changing my roster like every single day keeping up with injuries it's just like i'll be perfectly honest i'm just got a lot of other things on my mind and just yeah. focus on my fantasy team is not a priority i mean compared to my friends in which they play in legacy leagues they're really into it and yeah. part of me is like it's cool but at the same time i'm just not made for it but so uh, i guess on behalf of them what is your sales pitch to get somebody in a fantasy basketball that might be skeptical uh i mean i i if you like fantasy football the one th and and you're and you're finding yourself hard to get into to uh to, to fantasy leagues, I should say, it's um, it's easy for you to just say, hey, it's daily. You know, you got to set your lineups. But there's leagues where it's weekly setups. Like, look for those type of leagues because then you're in a, a 16 to 20-week fantasy league, but you're setting your roster once a week, just like in fantasy football, once a week setup, and that's your lineup for the entire week. And then you just have to go and check at the end of each week. So that would be my – my way of just getting you in there slowly. Hey, you like weekly setups once a week. You don't want to pay attention all the time. That's how you do it. You get into a weekly league. And then once you find your addiction there, you start finding out what type of leagues you like to be in. Do you like to be in a points league, a head-to-head -head type of league? And, you know, me personally, I'm a head-to-head -head type of guy. I like the daily setup. I like the ability to add and drop players. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a trader. I'm a big trader. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like the big thing for fantasy basketball too is the lot of uh, can you curse on this show or no? Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> it's just the shit talking, bro. Like that's yeah. all I, I, I like yeah. that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the it's the best because every day is different, every week is different, every trade is different. It, it's it's just the environment that you put yourself in, and when you have a bunch of hoop heads come together, especially ones that are opposite of you you tend to clash and those are the best types of battles. Well, that's definitely, I experienced that every single day in my, uh, our text chain. Yeah. Like my buddies are going back and forth and they're just clowning each other on different trades and stuff like that. So yeah. maybe I could just convince them to do like a weekly league. Maybe there's some kind of compromise there. Um, Vince, I want to just to pick your brain on just the league in general. I mean, it's been crazy just in terms, like you mentioned, um, just players just being just scratched before the game happens or a mid game, like you said. Um, what do you just make of this season? There's some 
predictable stories in terms of the Lakers being the favorites to win it all. And then there's been some unpredictability in terms of, you know, James Harden, like going to the Nets and them, the Nets all of a sudden being the favorites in the Eastern Conference. What's catched your eyes in general? And what do you expect if things somewhat stay on the course of like, you know, we don't see half the roster just be pulled from COVID. If we just see some, I guess, stability within the standings, what's your, what do you make of this season? What can you expect for the rest of the year? Man, I think I think this year has still been fun. I mean, that's that's one thing that we we should give credit to the NBA for. Like, I I, I never feel like I'm out of a game. You know, I, I'm a league pass multi-screen watcher. I have like four games on at a time. I'm lucky enough to have picture in picture, which I found out recently. That's not on most TVs anymore, which is crazy <laughs> to me. Yeah. Anyways, I, I love picture in picture. I love the NBA league pass. I'll give them credit there. But yeah, I I think the big thing, and especially heading into the second half of the season, is to just see what this vaccine is really going to do to see how the NBA is going to continue to approach, you know, all of these postponed games, players, you know, testing positive for COVID. And then also, you know, the thing that happened with Chris Nunn recently where he tested negative, but was still required to sit out of a game because he was next to Tyler hero and someone in Tyler heroes camp got COVID. So their, their wow. tracing is very detailed and, you got to respect the NBA again for that and for them to keep chugging along. But with that said, I mean, it all, I think it's all going to come down to how, how strong this vaccine really works. And, you know, I'm still excited for the season. I think the James Harden thing has been fun. It's been nice to see. I mean, the nets are never going to be good defensively with, with those three guys until they get, you know, a big man back there other than Deandre Jordan. I still think it's going to be Andre Drummond that goes there. Just, just a gut feels. Is going to happen, but I, I love the NBA still. I think the season hasn't really skipped a B. I feel like it's still been just as entertaining as any other uh, any other season. I'm not I'm not with the Lakers winning it again, though. I, I'll say mm. that, that okay, caused cause some controversy. No, not at all. Why, if they're not the favorite, then who do you have? Then I mean, I think you have to kind of put the Clippers up there now as a contender. I'll, I'll, I mean, I still believe. I still believe strongly in that Bucks team to figure it out. Like that's, mm. I love all the pieces that they've put together around Giannis between Drew Holiday, Middleton, and then all the guys that you don't even see that often. I think they're playoff ready with a bunch of three-point shooters with Bryn Forbes, DJ Augustine. Bobby Portis has been their second-best pickup away from Drew Holiday. He's the perfect fit behind Brooke Lopez. I find them to be very entertaining. But again, man, I, I think a sneaky dark horse team that's finally starting to get a little bit of momentum going is the Phoenix Suns. I don't think that they're a championship team yet, but they're definitely a team that can upset somebody and potentially could upset the Lakers. I just with the Lakers again, they're, they're really good. Defense is always going to be their strong point. What team is going to be able to attack LeBron? I'm not saying you're going to ever stop him, but you need to be able to attack him and slow him down in some way and have the other guys beat you. And obviously, one of those other guys is Anthony Davis. So it's really hard. It's really hard to figure that out. But I, I feel like there's strong teams out there that were built primarily just to beat the Lakers. And I, I just, I just, I can see them still getting to the Western Conference Finals. But I just, I just don't know if I have them winning it all again. It's so hard to repeat in this league. And I think every team in the West and in the East basically got better. And they're all coming for him. Yeah, I feel you. Um, you're 
observation at the Phoenix Suns uh, that'll make my uh, friend really happy. Big Suns fan, and with Chris, the addition of Chris Paul, and now they got uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden. I I really like that team, um, especially after the momentum off the bubble. Um, they're going to be a team to watch. I like the 76ers, and I just I want to ask you, um, what, what do you make of them? You've seen Joel Embiid finally become an MVP candidate, um, just prior just fight dealing with injuries. And it's been just a lot of controversy in terms of Ben Simmons almost getting traded, and he just does that doesn't happen. He ends up staying there. What have you experienced with that team in terms of maybe like betting on them or not, and their chances of representing the East? I I think they're they're one of those teams that have a chance. Like they're they're up there. Joel Embiid is putting up an MVP season, one hundred percent. If you don't have him in your MVP conversation. I don't know what games you've been watching. When he plays, he's amazing. In terms of betting, I'm on a pretty heavy roll right now in terms of, of betting, and it all started with the Sixers versus Lakers on ESPN. Sixers were almost 2-1 to one underdogs against the Lakers. I had them winning that game, and I'm not going to lie, I was a little scared seeing Tobias Harris take that final shot. I was clinching. But uh, <laughs> it all paid off in the end, man. I think they have all the pieces to be interesting. I still think they're a trade away from from getting something good. I know they're in the rumor mill from getting like a a, a JJ Redick or something, or the Nets. The Nets are too, which I don't understand what the Nets are. They need a big man. Stop looking at JJ Redick. <laughs> but I, I I like the Sixers, man. I think they're a really strong team. I love what they've been doing with Tobias Harris. Like Doc Rivers knows how to use Tobias Harris. We already saw it with him in the Clippers. But like to have him moving off the ball, getting in post sets, off screens. I really like the game of Tobias Harris, the development there. And I think what brings the value of the Sixers down is just people perception of Ben Simmons. Like the overall perception of he needs to shoot the ball. No one's really saying that about Giannis. They just say for him to be better than what he is, he needs to shoot the ball. And I agree with that. I think once the playoffs start, we already know what's going to happen. They're going to put up the wall and that's going to be there. But just like... The, the Bucks, the Sixers added a bunch of shooters. Seth Curry, knockdown. Danny Green, 3 and D. He maybe he's a little bit past his prime or a lot past his prime, but he's still doing his job. You know what I mean? Shake Milton's look nice. I like Maxi. I like Maxi. I like the Rook. I think he needs to get more time. And I, and I think they need to figure out whether or not Thibel is going to be a part of their future or not. Because, yeah, he's a defensive specialist, but he's, he's turning into like a Roberson. Like, he can't shoot. He can't really finish around the rim. If he's a tradable piece that gets you a veteran that's, you know, just that you just need to have as a wing shooter. Like, Nicholas Batum on this team would be amazing, right? Like, Mm. that type of player. I think that's what they're missing. They're just missing that guy off the bench that can let Simmons sit for a longer period of time. And I still don't understand why Doc does those those certain situations where he has both Ben and Joel out. He doesn't do it often, but when he does, that team struggles mightily. And I and I don't like when he does that at all. They need to just stay staggered. But yeah, I like that team. That's yeah, I think I liked him too. Uh, when I was playing fantasy basketball, I was high on Embiid and I think he's finally fulfilling his potential. So I just hope he stays injury free um, the rest of the season. Um, I want to also ask you about the Sacramento Kings. Um, they're not in 11. Um, it seems like everybody, unless you're the Timberwolves, you're in the playoff hunt. Um, and 
they've looked pretty solid at some points in the season. Not a team that gets a lot of attention. What do you make of the Sacramento Kings so far? I know you cover them. What do you kind of make? I know there's some turmoil last season due to their front office. What do you think of their chances this season of Mason making the playoff, the playing tournament, or even you know getting into that more like seven to one season of the playoff seating? I think they're fighting for that play-in tournament. That's what they're going to try and do, and that could potentially lead them into getting into the playoffs. They're three; they've won three out of the last four games. They got a tough matchup today when we're doing this show uh, against the Boston Celtics as only two-point underdogs. You know, I, I like the Kings. I like. The pieces that they have, I'll be honest, it's it's the coaching that I still have question marks about. The rotations are very questionable at times. However, with that said, again, they're three and four out of the last uh, – uh, they've won three out of the last four games. Luke Walton has done better in terms of rotations. Marvin Bagley has finally started to play within the offense, and and he's looked good. He hasn't been getting a ton of rebounds. We haven't really relied on him to be – you know, that athletic motor guy. It's just play within the offense, occasionally hit that corner three, and it's been working. And I like that team. De'Aaron Fox, right before our eyes, is starting to evolve into an all-star point guard. And that's going to be key for the Kings. Is is Fox going to take that next step? He's shooting a career high from three. And that game he had in the second half against the Pelicans, it, it's wow. It's just wow. I, I really like this team. They're still a piece away from being anything serious obviously, but they, they have nice core pieces to develop with. And, you know, I think it just comes down to, to the growth of not only those players, but also of Luke Walton. And what do you make of um, Tyrese Halliburton? Um, just saw that he was, I believe, the NBA Rookie of the Month, I think. Yep. Um, what, do you, what do you make of his progress so far? Um, I know he's kind of doesn't get the fanfare as compared to the kind of the, um, the James Weissmans of the world, Anthony Edwards. What do you make of Halliburton so far? I think he currently sits second in the rookie of the year conversation. Oh, wow. He is that good. He yeah. is that good. He is the the poise he has. If you can see my son running back there, just trying to see what we're doing. Uh, the poise he has already as a rookie is incredible. He is never standing still. He's always in the middle of plays, even when he doesn't have the ball. And when he does have the ball, he is so creative and finding ways to get to the basket, find open shooters. And then on top of that, his shot does not look pretty. Everyone talks about that release, but guess what? Sean Marion had an ugly release, that's and that true. thing still went in. Like that's mm-hmm. another son shout out for your son's fan over there. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, it doesn't matter how it looks. Like that shot ha- has worked in the NBA, and it's working for the Kings. He's such a big piece, and he's he's this big of a piece, Justin. He's such a big piece of this team that everyone has already forgave the Kings for for moving on from Bogdanovich. And Bogdanovich was their best all-around player at the time. I think Halliburton isn't their best all-around player. I think as of right now, you have to give that kind of to like a Harrison Barnes maybe. But to step into that big of a shoes that Bogdan left, he's filled it perfectly, and the team looks better when he's playing better. So, Well, Vince, uh, thank you very much for your time and your insight. Really appreciate it. Please um, plug where our listeners and viewers can find you on social media. And then what projects are you up to in the new year? Yeah, man, you guys can follow me on all social media platforms of at 
VM Center. Uh, you guys can see all of my work over at hoop-ball.com. Follow us over there at hoopball tweets at hoopball gaming is where you're going to be seeing a lot of the bets. Uh, sign up for the wager pass today and sports betting. I host it every Monday and Thursday and occasionally sprinkle in over there. Uh, I also host my own Sacramento Kings podcast where we have a ton of guests from the NBA, uh, NBC Sports Insider James Ham to a few players uh, here and there as well. So check out the Kings Court podcast, Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast, YouTube, for all I care, you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> yeah, guys, let's let's get this wins. Let's get this back. Let's enjoy the NBA season while we still have it here. And fun fact, while it's there, the line just dropped to minus three. Go bet on them Chiefs. They're winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm a little bitter. I'm a 49ers fan, but I don't, you know, I don't want to see Tom Brady win another Super Bowl. So I'll be right there with you. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I don't really. Everyone always asks me what what fan I am, what team. I always just say the Packers, but it's only because I've seen the Packers live against the Niners, and Brett Favre was awesome in that game. Came back from 14 down, and Ahmad Green, who was the running back at the time, signed my football at the end of the game. Oh, nice. yeah, you got to be a fan <laughs> of that team, and then. Right. But I don't follow them, so I can never – I never, like, go out and say I'm a Packers fan because I'm from Sacramento. I've been here. I cover the teams here. So, like, really you should either be a Raider fan or a yeah. Niner fan, but I don't fall into any of those groups. So I just say I'm a fan of making money on sports. Nice. <laughs> That's a guaranteed way you pretty much win every time. So. Everybody. Everyone, right. everyone <laughs> nice. Vince, thank you very much for joining the show. No problem, man.